if you will, put the picture of Mickey Mouse on the screen. We're going Disney. Um, so my wife had a baby less than a month ago. I talked about him a couple weeks ago, and um, I'm going to continue talking about him until I get bored or tired of him, one or the other. Um, so I found out something new about newborns other than the fact that they cry and they eat and they poop and then they cry and they eat and they poop and they sleep and they poop um, is they are essentially blind when they're born. Now, I, I knew that babies couldn't see well, but this is an illustration of uh, what it what a newborn four weeks, eight weeks, three months, six months, what they can see. And um, the reason that this impacts me is, uh, just, just do this with me for a minute. Close your eyes. And imagine you're in a place that you're unfamiliar with. And you can't see anything. The only thing that you have are your other senses. You can smell and you can hear. You can feel things, but you have, you, you have no sight whatsoever. And um, you come into this place, <laughs> and there's all kinds of noises that you don't recognize, and there's all kinds of smells you don't recognize, and there's all kinds of feelings that you don't recognize. And you start freaking out. And then all of a sudden, this all too familiar voice begins to speak to you. And she begins to wrap her arms around you. And she pulls you close. And it's that familiar voice that you've heard over and over and over again. Okay, you can open your eyes. Um, see, friends, what, I, what I've learned um, is that my son is tremendously dependent upon me and my wife, uh, even more so than I recognized. Think about a newborn not being able to see, not even knowing what his hands and feet are. And they have this thing called a moral reflex where when you, you like move them, they freak out, which is why they like to be wrapped up and swaddled and held tight. And I began to realize more and more how my son is calmed by my wife's presence and by my presence. Because when he was in the womb, my wife would speak to him and she would, you know, rub her belly and all the things that you do when you're pregnant and, and I would come up and talk to him and, and, and all those kind of things and he, he begins to hear our voices. And so in this unfamiliar, scary world where he can't see a thing, when he begins to freak out and he's not sure what his arms are, when I grab him, and wrap my arms around him and pull him close, and I grab his arms and just pull him in, put his face up to mine, and just breathe. 
he immediately just calms down. You see, friends, when we become followers of Jesus, it's why Jesus gave this this imagery of being born again. We're born into a world that we cannot see. We cannot see the spiritual world around us. And it is extremely unfamiliar, and it is extremely scary, and we don't know where our arms are, and we're freaking out. It's the reason why we need miracles. It's the reason why we need tangible expressions of God's love. It's the reason why when we're losing our mind, we just need our dad to put his arms around us and pull us in and just hug us tight. During the worship this morning, what I was thinking about was how deeply and madly God is in love with us. I love the songs that talk about like us singing to him and praising him and and lifting him up. But what I find myself doing whenever I sing those songs is I always end up flipping them back to you love me. Like you are madly in love with humanity and God wants us to be with him. Scott talked last week about um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6, which says that we're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And I immediately kind of had this vision of this seamless transfer from things that are in heaven to things that are on earth. And, and there are times when we're on earth and there are times when we're in heaven. And what is happening is as we grow in our relationship with Christ, as we grow in our understanding of our Father, what's happening is our vision begins to increase. We begin to see things that we didn't see before. We begin to hunger for things that we didn't hunger for before. We begin to understand what our arms are. <laughs> and the world doesn't, isn't quite such a scary place. Um, this is just a simple truth this morning, and I'm just going to use one passage to unpack it, and then we're going to be done. But in my prayer time this week, asking about um, what needed to be shared this morning, the, it's just a simple statement. Um, we are either training or we are reigning. We are either training or we are reigning. And what that means simply, well, I'll give you an illustration to to hope it makes sense. So my son, as he begins to grow up, he's going to start crawling and he's going to start trying to talk and he's going to start walking and all those kind of things. Um, when he begins to walk, first and foremost, I'm not going to go and try to push him down. Um, and second of all, what happens when a baby begins to walk and they fall down? They will start crying, and what do you do as a parent? You pick them up, and you do it again. There's no anger in that. There's no punishment in that. Now, the child thinks that their world has just come to an end because they fell down, and they're losing their mind. 
But as a father or as a mother, you know, they just fell down and you pick them back up and you encourage them to keep on walking. You see, in the kingdom, friends, because of what Jesus did on the cross for us, there is no going backward. We're not losing anymore. When Jesus paid the perfect sinless, uh, perfect price of a sinless life and exchanged your sinful life in exchange for his sinless, perfect life, from the time that you accept Jesus to eternity, every day is an opportunity for training or reigning. You are either in victory over a situation or you're learning how to come into victory in that situation. You're never falling backward. You're never going away as a follower of Jesus because as a father to a son, when my son falls, I don't berate him. I don't beat him up. I don't say, you fell down, you loser. Get it together. No. I pick him up and I encourage him along and I go, yes, that's it. That's my son. Look, he's stepping. Look, he's walking. Look, he's talking. Look what he's doing. That's what the Father is doing with you. He's inviting you to explore new places of sight, new visions, new things. He's inviting you to practice hearing from him, to practice stepping out in faith and praying over people, to ask for miracles, to do things that you've never done before. And every time you step out, he goes, Woo! That's my son. That's my daughter. Watch, 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 watch. He gets the angels together. Watch this, guys. Michael, check this out. Watch. He's a proud father who madly loves his children. And we're designed to reign over this life. We're designed to be kings and queens of our situations, of our communities. We're designed to rule over our circumstances, not let our circumstances rule us. So many times the opposite is true. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to 2 Timothy. Paul is writing this, and I promise I, I am going to be quick, for real. I know Golden Corral's waiting for all of you. Um, okay, so when Paul wrote this, he was in prison awaiting execution. He's heading to the end of his ministry, and he knows it. He knows that his time on earth is, is not going to be much more. And so think about if you were in prison knowing that your day was coming and that you had a spiritual son or daughter that you wanted to impart some last words to. This is Paul's letter in 2 Timothy to his spiritual son, Timothy. And he says this, uh, in uh, chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses, let's look at 11, let's start there. He says, the saying is trustworthy, which means you can put all your faith in this. In other words, put all your eggs in this basket. If you're going to trust in something, if you're going to put your faith in something, put it in this. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. 
All right, so um, in, in the Greek, the, the way that, that the, the verb, and I know I'm going off in left field, so just hang with me for a moment. Um, the way that the verb tenses are done in this, it says, if we have died with him. Okay, so, so the way that that word is presented grammatically is that it is a present thing of a past event. Okay, so let's pretend that um, right here is the present, and that way is the past, and this way is the future. Okay, so right now, if we die with him, we will live is a future word. So if right now I die with him, I'm promised to live with him. Now, if I die with him, everything that happened in the past is gone and covered by the blood of Jesus. Good, bad, and ugly. All my sins, all my screw-ups, all my good things, like Isaiah said, my righteousness is filthy rags, all the things that I thought I did that were like adding to my uh, treasure box or whatever. Listen, at the end of the day, Jesus covered it all. And so every single thing, every single moment is an opportunity for me to die and my past be covered by Jesus and my future be set to live with God. The word live literally means the ability to be present with. Did you know that's actually what life really is? Life is not Instagram. It's not Twitter. It's not Facebook. It's not your job. It's not your money. It's not your debt. It's not your bills. It's not even your family. Life is defined by the ability to actually be present where you are. Now, take into account all the things that you have going on and just mentally ask yourself, how much am I actually present where I'm at? Am I dying so that I might live with him? Meaning, am I willing to to put all of this stuff, good, bad, and ugly, my job, my finances, my identity, everything I have, am I willing to put it all in Jesus' basket, surrender it all so that it might be crushed and washed so that I can live with him. Could you imagine what type of life we would all be living if we really didn't care (laughs) what everybody thought? This is a promise. Paul is saying to Timothy, this is trustworthy. Put your faith in this. If you die with him, the promise is you'll live with him. I think sometimes so many, peop- so, so many of us go to the place that we just won't actually die. We just won't actually like turn loose of whatever that thing is. Will you die so that you might live to actually be fully present? One challenge this morning. Try to surrender whatever those things are, good, bad, and ugly, and say, hey, God, I'm all in now. I want to experience what it means to be fully present with you. It's like taking a step from that dark where it says newborn, like like a half of a step over into now I'm starting to see some, some fuzzy stuff. It's moving from I'm a Christian and I'm walking with the Lord, but I don't really understand this at all to like, oh, wait a minute. I think I made out a face right there. 
I think I'm beginning to see this a little bit clearer. If we die so that we might live. He goes on to say, if we endure, we will also reign with him. Endure literally means to be able to remain under something. How many of you would say that you have opportunities for endurance in your life right now? Every one of you better raise your hand. (laughs) We all have opportunities for endurance. We all have opportunities to remain under something. Now, that might be something good. Like, I, I have to endure being a parent. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Don't take that the wrong way. I have to endure being a husband. I have to endure following Jesus. Those are good things that I get to sit under. I get to sit under the image of uh, Adam that was sitting right there. I don't know if y'all saw that. The mug was like, like crossed and just, just in the presence. Like I'm, he's sitting under Jesus. That is a good endurance. That is a good place to endure. I get to endure being a parent. I get to endure being a husband. Some of you might not be in such great circumstances and you're having to endure some other things. Cancer, pain, job loss, struggles, whatever else. Listen, here's the promise, okay? This is a prophetic word and it's a promise and it is true. If you endure, remain under, you will also reign with him, which means at the same time. So once again, endure is a present word with a past. So I'm enduring all of that. I'm standing in this moment, in this moment, in this moment, and what I'm getting to do in the future is reigning. So at the same time that you come under something, reigning means to be above it. Scott talked last week, Ephesians 2, 6, we're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Your spirit at this very moment is seated with Christ. You are sitting at the table of the Lord. God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus are having a conversation and you're invited to it. There is a party in heaven and your spirit is on the guest list right now. And you're in. You're a VIP. Now in the natural world, you're not there you're still remaining under. But the promise is that when you remain under Christ, he gives you a different vantage point. The vision continues to grow, right? All of a sudden, as you mature in your faith, as you continue to walk the journey, as you continue to endure, stay the course, stick it out, You've heard the term wait. Sometimes we just need to wait on the Lord. In America, unfortunately, our culture wants things right now. Every single moment. We want an answer. We want a th- our problem solved. We want our money issues figured out. And it's like, da, 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 da. we want this figured out. What if we just waited on the Lord? What if we didn't just immediately switch jobs or switch partners or switch this or switch that. We just got out of this situation or that. What if we just waited for a moment and we said, hey, God, while I'm uncomfortably sitting under this, can you show me your vantage point? 
Can you show me how you look at this situation? As you do that, your vision is growing. Your vision is increasing. You're maturing in your faith. I love that. It says, if we deny him, he will deny us. Now, a lot of um, theologians and smarter people than I think that this has to do with, um, like, judgment, you know, and, and I, it's not, that, that is true. Like, if we deny Jesus, he's going to deny us at judgment and those kind of things. But I, I like to talk about this in the present um, because think about this. Paul was writing to Timothy, who was a Christian. He was a, a follower of Jesus. And so um, the way that I unpack that is the word deny literally means um, to disagree with or to, to come out of agreement. And so if I am walking with the Lord in agreement about something and I deny it, I come out of agreement with whatever that is, then the Lord is a gentleman and he will allow us to continue to stay out of agreement with him. So, Let's say, uh, for instance, um, I am walking in agreement with the Lord, being a husband and a father and so on and so forth, and I'm like, I'm, I'm coming under that, and I'm, I'm looking at that with vision. I'm reigning over that, which, by the way, that's hard. I'm just being transparent. That's hard <laughs> as a dad. Like, I love being a dad, but, dude, sometimes my kids push my buttons. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not easy. I wouldn't trade it, but it's not easy. And so I'm walking in agreement with the Lord, and all of a sudden, the spirit of distraction hits my son, right? And, uh, and he starts uh, jumping around and yelling and doing silly things and all those kind of things, and my temper begins to uh, flow, I guess we could say. And, and it, literally, it's like I... I step out of agreement with the Lord and I walk into a, not a holy anger, but like an unholy anger. And the Lord, the Lord like will allow me to be there. If we deny him, he will deny us. The moment that we walk out of agreement, he lets us. Now there are earthly consequences to those things. I've had to apologize to my son like a thousand times because he's just like me like, he's like the five-year-old version of me. <laughs> and I, I, that's why I think he and I butt heads sometimes. Is because literally, like, I see my five-year-old self and I'm like, don't do it. Get it together. If I deny Christ, he, he will deny me. I'll come out of agreement. But this is, the, this is the, the, the bomb drop. If we're faithless, meaning if I don't, have the ability to see. That's what faithless means. It means you don't have vision. You're not able to see something for what it is. If I don't have the ability to see something for what it is, God remains faithful. If I'm faithless, he remains faithful. Why? Because Christ can't come out of agreement with himself. He can't deny himself. He's always walking in agreement. Father God and Jesus and Holy Spirit are always walking in agreement with each other. And they're always faithful. So put that, the Mickey Mouse thing back on the screen for one second. No matter where you are on the continuum, 
Maybe you're 30 years old in Christ and your vision is 2020 and you're just knocking it out of the park, like watching the Lord do all these kind of awesome things. And you have like faith that moves mountains and you can see for miles. Like that's awesome. Keep doing that. But what's amazing about the promise is even if you can't see anything, he's still faithful. Maybe you've been a newborn in Christ for like months or years. What's beautiful is that even when you're faithless, he is still faithful. But the offer on the table is to increase in your vision, to grow in Christ, to mature to a place where you get 20-20 vision. When you walk into a situation, when you walk into a room and you see a person, immediately the Lord begins to speak and you go, whoa, 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 something's going on right here. Because as you mature in him, your vision begins to grow. That's the offer. We are offered an opportunity to walk in faith in this community and literally impact this community for the cause of Christ. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a newborn from now until I die. Getting in heaven is great. Like, yay for the babies. But dude, let's grow. I don't want my newborn son to be an infant forever. I love it. He is a blast to be around. I love holding him. I love when he's scared and I like hug him and he like snuggles in. But dude, I want him to grow up. Why? Because I want to know what he's like. I want to know about his personality more. I want to watch him create things. I want to figure out what, he's, what he loves to do and watch him do that and go, yes, that's my son. That's what God wants out of all of us. He wants us to co-create. He wants us to partner. He wants our vision to grow, not so that he does everything himself, but so that we partner with him to see lives change to see miracles happen, to see new babies born. It's what we're doing. It's what we're here for. So friends, in every single circumstance, we are either reigning or we're training. We're either, we've either got it and we're, we're walking in victory over that thing, and we're able to see it for what it is, or we're still growing in the Lord, and we're getting trained up in it. So the encouragement this morning is, wherever you're at, you're either reigning or training. There's always an opportunity for growth. But it's up to you to decide that you want to have better vision. It's up to you To say, hey, Lord, I want to die to this so that I might live with you. I want to come under that. I want to endure this so that I might reign with you. I need you, God. I want you more. He wants us to want him because he wants us so badly. And he's willing to wait for it forever because he loves us. He's madly in love with us. So, um, if you would, just bow your head and close your eyes. This is just going to be real simple. We, we don't need any Holy Spirit music. He's already here. He's doing his thing. 
And so what I want to do this morning is Maybe you're in this room and you've never met Jesus before. Maybe you, you've never said, hey, I, I want to be born again. I'm like, I want to be, be birthed into this family. And if that's you this morning, if you want to join this journey walking with Christ, would you just raise your hand? Like, I'd love to pray with you right now. In this moment, there's, it's always a good time <laughs> to become a follower of Jesus. And lastly, maybe there's some situations that you aren't reigning in. Maybe there's some situations that you don't necessarily have the faith to see. And it's okay because you're growing in the Lord. Like that's, that's awesome. God is still madly in love with you. No matter where you feel like you are in the continuum, he's madly in love with you regardless. It's what he sent Jesus for. And so if there are some situations in your life that you need to reign over, be it your finances or your marriage or your home life or you're in addiction I don't know something you need God's vantage point on would you just slip your hand up we're just yes amen thank you hey father um and Every, every single hand that went up right now, God, I just, I just pray for an impartation of an increased faith, God. You have all the faith in the world. <laughs> you are an unending factory of faith. And so, Father, I, I just ask that, that every single hand that just went up, that they would just receive faith for the circumstance that they're facing right now. And God, in that faith, that, that their eyes would begin to open like a, like a newborn baby, like things would just, would just get clearer for them. And that addiction, that addiction that once entangled them, all of a sudden would just become clear for what it is. And, and they would just walk away like miraculously. And that financial struggle that, that they would just see a creative way to walk out of debt, God. And the, 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 uh, the relationship issues, God, that they would see that person or those people from your standpoint and how you are a loving father that's madly in love with humanity and that that would be the driving force. Father, give every single hand that was raised faith for the matter today. that we would be quick to surrender, quick to listen, slow to speak. Give us new eyes today. 
We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.